4: hello everybody and for the first time in well six weeks eight weeks however long it's been welcome to the blue monday podcast in very odd times it didn't feel right to do the intro but having not put a um a kind of current show up for quite a long time now um we thought we would check in um and to help me do so is mr joe fair's Joe, how are you?
5: Yeah, surviving lockdown so far.
4: What does lockdown look like in the fairs household?
5: Um, I'm I'm not working at the moment, but my wife is. So it's generally sort of trying to look after a three-year-old and a one-year-old and looking forward to getting back to work.
4: Yeah, there you go. Um, being in the education sector, a few um, hard decisions mm. ahead for my household in the next couple of weeks. But hey... We'll see how everything pans out and we hope that everybody watching and listening is all okay. So Joe, we thought we'd do um, a little check-in just the kind of state of play with Ipswich and where things are and where things are likely to go. Would you agree as an Ipswich fan, we've got it kind of better than a lot of clubs. We're slap bang in the middle of the table. We're, off the promotion, we're off the relegation, we're in a league with a quote, cash-rich owner. Um, Would you agree with me that we have kind of less to worry about than um, other clubs at the moment?
5: Oh, I'd, I'd definitely say we've got less to worry about with regards to I don't fear for the future of the football club with regards to it potentially going out of business or into administration or if we can't play these games or they have to go behind closed doors and there's a, a big bill to foot, like for all Marcus Evans's fault, he does put his hand in his pocket and pays the bills at the end of every month. So on that side of it, I don't have any concerns. Again, looking at how the league is going to be finished or voided or played out or whatever they do with it, there's no, there's that, there's that one scenario where it makes us get promoted, but I can't see <laughs> any, any way in, on this earth that the they're going to go with that. promotion line.
4: in the history of football. Yeah.
5: But just nothing really matters. Does it, you hear all the, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. And the reality is, it's, it, it, Ipswich fans don't really care, do we? If, if they say there's going to be no more games, the season's voided, it doesn't mean anything. If they say it's going to be points per game, it doesn't mean anything. If it goes behind closed doors, we've got some effectively meaningless games to watch. I know there is an outside chance of the playoffs, but I'd, I'd be very surprised if we were able to push on there. So no, it's just a, a strange time to be an Ipswich fan, but it's probably better this way than imagine being a Coventry fan with this promotion just sitting there that you've, been through all these tough times for for the last few years like I'm sure Rich is probably sitting at home (laughs) worried
4: well I mean the the term self-interest has been coming up a lot and uh, I guess it sort of started with Karen Brady literally at the first point going uh, cancel the league we'll stop right we'll stop right where we are Um, it is hard though for football fans and for football clubs to not be in that kind of mode of right well what what kind of suits us best and what would be the best case scenario for us I'm at the point now of nothing is going to be fair it's you start from a position of this isn't fair the league stopped nine games from the end so it's um it's the best of a bad job for me do you think self-interest would be creeping in if we were just I don't know five points further on
5: I'd say so definitely and it's it's just such a difficult situation. I think as Ipswich fans in this in this situation, we are able to give a quite neutral viewpoint on it on what, on what we think is correct because there is no self-interest in this. If I sat here and beat the table for the first 22 games of the season to count, then I think <laughs> <laughs> it would be seen as massive self-interest. But I don't, for one second, think that's the right thing to do. So I'd, I can look at all the options and give a sort of clearer view on what I think should happen. And I don't know, it just is... It's just very strange, isn't it? And like I say, when you talk about the self-interest, you see the South End chairman saying that the league should be null and void because there's no sporting integrity when they're, what, 15 points away from safety with nine games left or whatever it is. And Norwich out there today with their usual class that they're showing it over this matter asking for it to be void, no sporting integrity, no relegation. But at the end of the day, if you're the worst team in the league, you deserve to get relegated.
4: We will come on to that. Lee Bowyer as well amused me the other day. Joe, his argument was, we've only been in the relegation zone for five days, so we shouldn't be relegated. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're we getting all kinds of. And then in the same interview, says, I think we should do it based on when everybody have played everybody once. And, Joe, I agree and obviously we're about six places higher, but it would be um, crazy. So uh, we're recording. Um, it's um, sort of between three and four on Wednesday. And we're expecting maybe two of three EFL meetings to have been finished uh, by now. So um, the timing of this may or may not be inopportune, but the EFL are going to have three meetings today. First of all, it's the EFL board, then the championship, and then league one and two after that. Um, Do you agree with the kind of segregation of leagues one and two from... um, the championship, it, given its proximity to the Premier League, given parachute payments and the promotion and relegation in between the two, I think we all understand it has to be, um, you know, discussed in different ways than League One and Two.
5: Yeah, it's, it's very difficult when there's two governing boards looking after the league system, with the Premier League board looking after sort of the premiership and the EFL looking after and the then three throwing the FA, the, the PFA, the
4: National League, etc. Yeah.
5: Yeah, so it's a, it's a difficult situation. And and people say, oh, it's all about money. It's just about the money. Well, yes, it is. And every business in the land is all about the money. Every, like I say, I'm, I'm in construction. We're not working currently, but we're being encouraged to go back to work. Well, that's for the money. Every, everything is for the money. Every business. It's just the football is played out in the public so much. And sort of back to your question – I think there is enough money in the championship to finish it. I think the integrity of the teams promoted into the Premier League is correct, and, and teams will need to be relegated from the championship into League One. I, I, so I, I don't see any way around that. I think there has to, the season has to be finished or declared finished, one way or the other. And, I've, and if the championship, whatever they do to come up with it, I think it will be played out. But we'll see. But there, there needs to be some resolution to teams being promoted, relegated.
4: So from a League One point of view, um, it's everything's kind of deviated from, oh, we've got to play it, you can't not play it, to um, owners coming out and saying, I'd, I'd rather not play it. Behind closed doors, we'll, we're going to be on the edge of going out of business. So the kind of rationale and the difference between League One and Two and the Championship is, like you say, purely monetary, isn't it? I've, and God knows where that leaves us next season if we're playing, you know, an entire season maybe behind closed doors, or six months behind closed doors, or whatever, whatever um, that may be. Um, it looked like the weighted points per game is the way they're going to go. Um, the argument for it is it doesn't take anything that hasn't happened into account if you know what I mean I know there's been calls for a analytical approach I think it was you that pointed out um, on Twitter that Ipswich for example have heavily weighted games in their favor still to play so yeah that's kind of not taken into account where do you stand on this we assume it's going to be cancelled where do you stand on the points per game conclusion
5: I, I, I think it should just be straight points per game if that's what it's going to be. I, I don't think the weighted side of it works particularly well because I think teams end up sort of punished doubly for it in that, like I was saying with Ipswich, obviously we're not in the mix, but we're on an average of like 1.3 points per game. We've still got to play at home. Southend, Bolton and MK Don, so I think between them, have won two away games this season between the three, te- between the three clubs. And we're going to get 3.9 points for those three games where in reality... I can see why Lambert wants to finish the season when, because realistically you're going to win those three games. They are the three worst away teams in the league and we've got them to come at home and we're not going to get the credit for them. So I think if you're going to go points per game, you have to just go straight points per game. And looking at the sort of League One and League Two, and I think even the championship as a whole, the only thing that it affects is that Cheltenham will overtake Exeter into third or fourth between third and fourth place if you would go from straight points per game to weighted points per game. So maybe you just have to look to have those two teams play off and a one-off game between two teams because the two fairest ways split contradict those two, one another, yeah. each other or something along those lines. But I just, I think the ideal scenario is the season gets played out one way or another, but I, I don't see how that happens if clubs aren't willing to pay for it. The, the the only way it could or should happen is potentially if the Premier League foots the bill for it and not in a we'll, we'll defer money and TV money but if they want the championship to, to go then maybe the EFL has to dig their heels in and say, yeah, we'll, we'll do that but you need to pay for League 1 and League 2 as well for, for those to be finished properly. But
4: We have for once in the EFL been reasonably strong about this. We've had um, Rick Parry um, saying no, relegations of have- part of the agreement that was made in 1991 that Rick Parry actually would have made because he would have been on the Premier League side of it at at that time that the tri-party agreement says that they can't decide relegation without uh, the AFL say so we've had Greg Clark and the FA saying relegations will happen but I I, I kind of see that as um, you know when, when the Queen delivers a speech written to a handed to her by government, but it's the Queen's speech. But do you know what I mean? You you feel that maybe there might have been a dictate for Greg Clark to say that from from the Premier League. Um, Do you think that, I'll fly fly my flag for this, I think that this is actually a fairly good chance for clubs like um, Ipswich now in the respect that the EFL have got more of a bargaining position than they seem to have had for many years. What's your view on that?
5: Yeah, well, the championship, I think this this crisis has just highlighted how much of a basket case championship it is. It's it's something that as sort of fans of Ipswich and especially you with all your sort of championship stuff that you do and speaking to the Kieran Maguires of this world, that the championship is an absolute basket case. And we were, very strong on the financial fair play when it first came in and we were one of the clubs that were trying to get that limited where all the other the derbies the sheffield wednesdays the qprs just wanted to ride roughshod and did over that that realistically if if things in the championship are brought into sort of salary caps based on income and parachute payments reduced then that a club of our size with an owner with his wealth we should be in a better position than what we are because we shouldn't have been... We, we, we were totally left behind in the championship and even at times when we're losing five to six million pounds a year, we were getting left behind by teams that were losing four or five times that. So if, if, if the league could end up being a little bit more financially restrained because losing six million pounds a year is still not exactly great business, but when the limits went up to what they did, it was... And then you've got teams selling stadiums to try and get round limits and things like that. That hopefully a uh, was a lot of the stuff Rick Parry's saying is very sensible, and I think a lot a lot of the things we're hearing is stuff that fans of a well fans of Ipswich would be wanting to hear for a long
4: time. If you're a Marcus Evans, though, you, you'll you'll welcome that news, but you'll you'll probably be a little bit annoyed. Oh, you're going to sort it out now? It feels like um, Ipswich as a club have already you know been punished for not throwing i mean i looked even when brighton went up they lost 38.9 million in the year they went up i know everyone comes back at me with oh promotion bonuses and whatnot but the fact is they lost 38.9 million wolves 50 million uh, lost to to go up and those are the teams that have kind of done it without parachute payments you do have a few examples of uh, sheffield united or uh, huddersfield who kind of it tactically and I you know I doffed my hat to them massively but um, you, you would think if you were Marcus Evans that you know it would seem a bit 10 years too late really
5: yeah it always felt as though we were trying to play the long game in the championship especially when Mick was here like we'll we'd, we'd make sure we've got enough to stay up and then you have your odd good season where you might get lucky in the playoffs. Like we came sixth, lost in the playoffs and then came seventh where Huddersfield, I don't know whether they third or fourth, but they had totally fallen off a cliff by the end of the season. And they scraped through in sort of three of the most boring games of all time <laughs> yeah. to, to, to get through. And and some teams take their chance when they get their and Ipswich don't. And we will, I think Evans, that's how he was looking at it. Keep going and hope the stars align one season. Hope that, when you sign Emir Hughes and Tom Addy Amy as your central midfielders, that they're fit to play from day one and you get forty games out of both of them and things like that. So I say it is I, c- I can understand Evan's frustrations with it, but it sounds like from I think Stu Watson mentioned on one of the podcasts a few weeks ago that he's been very sort of he's he'd been very heavily involved in the talking director Rick Parry of this and putting his ideas forwards and you you don't need to be a sort of mind reader to know what sort of things he's going to be putting forward. And it's going to be looking to get back to the levels of financial fair play when, when it was first brought in at the, at those levels. So fingers crossed, it's just do come out of this a bit stronger. And I say, you you look at the size of the club in league one and compared to what we're up against in this leagues. And it's sort of makes even more of a mockery. Of the fact we're here, doesn't it? And it going does. to be here next year.
4: It does. Um, so look, play this out for me. Um, Discussions are fine today. Everyone agrees. No more games. Can't do it. Um, Points per game, weighted points per game, whatever. Unless it's that ridiculous um, 23 game rule, in which case... um, Get the
5: open top bus. Get
4: (laughs) get the open top (laughs) bus out and gather 10,000 people together on the Corn Hill. Yeah, Um, that was a joke. Um, Listeners, um, I'm sure I'll get criticised for it. Um, Where does this leave Ipswich going forward, um, in respects of squad and, um, you know, ability to use it as an opportunity where, um, without sounding incredibly, um,
0: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
2: ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Drivers' responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.
1: Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely.
3: Order now on the McDonald's app, at participating restaurants, eighteen plus serving times, delivery fee in terms apply. See McDonalds dot com.
4: Opportunistic. Other clubs in League One are gonna be a lot weaker next year, aren't they?
5: Yeah, and the only thing that I'd say that isn't in our advantage in this situation is that and we've sort of commented on it before, is the size of the squad we have. When you look at how how big our squad is and how of senior players, and then you see how many players are out of contract this year, and it's about four or five players, and it's like so we've probably got twenty five senior players signed up, contracted past the end of this season already. So any sort of flexibility or opportunity in the market to take advantage of sort of lower fees, players on free transfers that we could have maybe had a go at. We're going to struggle with because Evans is going to want to cut our budget. But realistically, I think it's only Edwards, Keane, Rowe, Scoos And I, th- I think that's about it. Who's out of contract this summer. So that alongside Will Norris and Luke Garbutt to go back.
4: And Earl has already gone.
5: And Earl already gone. And you've got, but you've got NCR to come back in that. There's just not. There's not going to be a huge amount of wriggle room to improve the squad next season when we're sort of, especially if it's going to be behind closed doors for months, which means sort of money in is going to be down. So we're almost going to be a, a season out on behind it. But players like Miles Kenlock are going to have to step up ahead of and, and play left back for us. And I still think the squad we've got will be good enough, especially with everyone around us having to cut their cloth accordingly.
4: And um, we're going to come back in a position, Ipswich we fans will forget, of Kane Vincent Young. Um, and Jack Lancaster. Uh, Jack Lancaster sort of returning. Um, there was a couple of deals done, wasn't there, a few weeks ago in terms of extensions, Joe?
5: <clears throat> um, I, th- I think they just took the option up on Armando Dobra, Brett McGavin, Harry Wright and Andre Dezel. I think they all had their extensions taken up. I think talks with McGavin, Dazel and Dobra are continuing over a long-term extension. I think Dobra is apparently all basically there. So it's just, we'll just tick this box to make sure that there's no issues when it comes to the new one. So all positives, but again, it's, that's still Dobra, McGavin and Harry Wright are still three more professionals in, in the books that aren't, that haven't played a huge role in the first team this season. So it's, it's a big squad twenty three team.
4: If, if as you suggest um the behind closed doors um revenue hit um kill Zipswich um uh, you know income from from that stream next year, which you would think it will and attendances had been up this past season, hadn't they? Um how do you and more to the point, who do you see um going out? And um if you can parlay that into a bit of Andre Dazel, has that option been done um, just to put the price up ready for a sale?
5: Well, I think it's been put up to protect his value, hasn't it? So it's a case of maybe trying to sell him in the summer if you can get the right fee. But I think last year they were talking about three, four, five million, weren't they? And it's not going to be anything like that because he's another year older, another failed season, sort of for, for whatever reason you want it to be, whether he hasn't had the opportunity or, or whether he's not taken them, is people will argue over. But... His value would have dropped since then, so it sort of narrows that window down. Of we need to get him playing, and we need to get him signing a new deal and happy here, or we need to sell him and sort of go from there. With regards to the the two obvious ones to go out, Flynn Downs and Luke Wolfenden. I don't. I, th- I think Luke Wolfenden needs another season. Really, I think it will be too early for him to go. And with the championship falling into such a hole, that would be the natural level for them to go. I can't see that. They're going to be able to make the deals.
4: Championship's going to be broke, Joe, unless Rick Parry pulls off something spectacular and that actually applies for next season. Because you can see them changing stuff ready to start in, say, two years' time when the current parachute payments all finish up. But, yeah, I think Championship's broke next season, isn't
5: it? I, I think Flynn Downs is good enough to go higher than that. I think he's good enough to go to a Premier League club. Whether he'd then subsequently be loaned back down to the Championship, I don't know, but... If I was West Ham, I think he's from Brentwood, he's a West Ham fan. I'd be dropping five million or whatever it's going to take to get him off away from us because he's going to be worth double triple that if he has a good season the championship, and he's not going to be worth any less than that if he doesn't so that'd be the that'd be the one you'd worry most about losing, but if you can get a good good fee for him, then maybe it's the right thing to do mm.
4: so a lot of um neither his nor theirs and speculations I'm sure will come back when we actually have word from the efl and I yeah because mean...
5: i think the meeting it's like a meeting today to decide whether they're going to finish it or not isn't it and then how potentially, then potentially meeting next week to decide how effectively so mm. we'll see but there's been a lot of stuff briefed i was listening to darren mccampson's podcast the other day and he had a text from the fleetwood chairman while he was on it saying this points per game thing is rubbish it's been briefed by one of the teams that is in the Promotion position, and so either Rotherham, Oxford, or Coventry. And then when you see the Rotherham chairman's comments yesterday, saying that the league should be finished, but promotion should
4: and Carl still happen as well, yeah, yeah. But Carl Robinson said, "Look,
5: we we want to play." Where Rotherham haven't said they want to play; they just want to go up. So mm. you assume it's I don't know. There's there's a hell of a lot of briefing and counter briefing and leaks going on, and I, like we were saying earlier, it's a hell of a lot of self interest involved in a lot of that, isn't
0: there?
4: There is indeed. Um, speaking of self-interest, Joe, um, it's been an interesting time for the podcast because um, uh, you, listeners probably won't know, but it's quite tricky to get footballers to agree to do stuff. Um, most of the time, we we talk to them and we we try our best, but we um, we managed to pull off. Um, some some great um, there should be another one filming tonight. Touch wood. Um, some great interviews we had Mikey with Matt Holland, which was fantastic. Um, and Matt's very sort of vocal on um, Instagram and Twitter, and very much um, still follows Ipswich and Charlton and um, Bournemouth kind of fan media, etc. But um, the big one was Jim Richardson, obviously, who Statman managed to. Um, Ingratiate himself with and um, give us those four interviews. Obviously, without um, bigging up our platform too much, how significant was it to hear from Jim? And what were your sort of takeaways from that epic marathon? Which, if you haven't listened to, um, you really, really should.
5: I, I thought, like I say, I know I'm biased because it's our platform, but I thought they were unbelievable. I thought Statman did, and I know you helped him with the sort of setup, and him doing the interviews and we were sort of having questions sent around the blue Monday WhatsApp group and things. But I thought they were amazing. Like I just, I listened to all of them twice almost. They're they're so intense. Listen to Jim, the passion and the memory and everything he's got for it. It's just, I don't know. Any, like any Ipswich fan who hasn't listened to them is, is in for a treat, listens to them. And I know I spoke to a number of people who weren't previously listened to the pod who have said, Oh, I've, I've discovered these and they are brilliant like, like I say so it's hard to describe how, how good I found them personally I just thought they were unbelievable and great work from everyone involved in them
4: and what were your takeaways from um, from the things he revealed
5: um, just the way that the squad was built under George Burley I know we, we've sort of said it before how it was always just that, that small constant improvement of sort of a couple of players here and a couple of players there and just pushing it on and pushing it on and trying to find the right pieces for the puzzle as opposed to just flooding the squad with extra and, and sort of his management, the the management ones I thought were very good, but I think maybe they were a little bit sort of looked back with a little bit blue tinted glasses on at times, because I, I do remember that last season of him here and it, it didn't feel like we were close to getting it right. It felt like we were going backwards at that point, but it's just, you, you see how much he cares for the club and, I think that's something that has, has been missed. And I think, like I say, you look at sort of the Bobby Robson era that George Burley had, sort of was a part of, and how he then sort of instilled those that same sort of style of play, the sort of same qualities, the same standards around the place. And I think that's what Jim was trying to do here and didn't get a chance to fulfil the job to the very end of it. But it just makes me think we you do really need someone who knows and I know it sounds corny but that the Ipswich way how we want to play what the people of Suffolk want to see because we are a sort of a proper audience of sort of we we know what sort of foot we want to see and we've been spoiled in the 70s and the 80s and and I'd say I was spoiled when I, when I was younger in the late 90s and the early 2000s under Burley and it's not just the success it brought it's that they were representing the town and all these, all those people involved in those teams still are such a sort of affectionate spot for the town and the club. And they the majority of them still live around here. There's, you still see them all at Portman road all the time. And they, they're, they're, they're defined by their time at Ipswich. And I think that getting somebody else in like that is, is the key for me of where we need to go next.
4: Mm. I always say there's very few people that do well at Ipswich that then kind of go on and that other part of their career defines them. Like you say, it's, it's more often than not what they did at, what they did at Ipswich, if they've done particularly well. Do you think we'll see um, Jim back in England in a management capacity?
5: Well, I I'm imagine he's very keen on the Northern Irish I suspect he is, Joe, yeah. <laughs> so, I'd, hopefully he gets that job because I think that is the one he's, he's after, but I don't know. He just, he seems to be doing what he's doing out there. It's hard. To, it's hard to get back, but I think if you let him get in the room at some point, he's he's going to be a very hard man to say no to if if you interview him for a job. Because I was going to
4: say you can see how his charisma and his um, ability to talk got him basically got him the Ipswich job, can't you?
5: Yeah. And he's obviously a very intelligent guy and he's not some—he's somebody that was thinking about that career through his whole playing career. He says he's got all his sessions noted down and all his training sessions and he's got diaries and diaries of everything he's done throughout his career. And it's just, it's sort of, you, you don't realise that footballers are like that, that they're so driven, they're so focused and they just have such an insatiable appetite for learning and sort of passing that on that you can see the ones that are going to go to the top. And I think Jim was one of those.
4: Well, and often you hear like 18, 19 year olds. And I remember seeing James Madison. I mean, he can't be any age and he was being asked about his free kick. And he was like, Oh, well my repetition and my practice and my technique and keeping everything. And you can imagine that from a very young age that they're into that kind of elite standard, um, performance. So, yeah. Um, for the podcast they were absolutely um absolutely fantastic interviews and i'm sure um everyone who's watching this um if you're going to watch me and joe i'm sure you watched super Jim. so um but do do check them out if by some miracle you haven't um so joe just quickly to finish what do you see happening in the next week 10 days
5: if i, if I was to make a prediction i'd say the premier league will finish i'd imagine they're just looking for the Bundesliga, just to see what, see how that goes, and then just to copy that. Effectively, the Championship will will try and finish. Wouldn't surprise me if that hits a few more speed bumps on the road than the Premier League does. And I just don't think League One and League Two will finish. And I appreciate that people like Darren McCampany are going to be very unhappy with that. And it's a difficult situation because it's such so tight at the top of that League One table, but. I don't know what I don't know what will happen. Mate. Personally, I think if if you can't finish the season, I think you should try and play off the final the playoff zone. Whether that involves the top seven, the top eight, I don't know. I don't I don't think it needs top to go 10. down as far. I don't think <laughs> it needs to go down as far as us personally. But I could see that maybe that could go. Maybe you could do a little mini league between the top ten and with things. But I don't know. I just I I, I don't see any way that we're in the mix. But I can see why I say sort of listening to the Peterborough one where he's saying they've got 11 games left and they play sort of, or nine games left and they play seven of the bottom 11 in those games and and they've got two points off third, two points off second at the moment and you think, well, it's... But like I say, there's there's no fair way to do this. It's just going to be what is the most, the least unfair way or the most... The
4: least unfair game. to the most people. is The least is,
5: unfair and yeah. I think without the money there, I can see League One and League Two just being... The shutters coming up and it going points per game
4: and in respects of uh 20 2020, season uh are you of the mind that behind closed doors maybe a bit later than normal maybe mid to late august but that we might see it
5: yeah i, I don't i don't know if there's going to be any way that they can get fans into the stadium in a in a, a sort of socially distant way sort of having what if we've got 30,000 city stadium we could get seven and a half thousand in it but other clubs won't have that advantage but i'd I'd, I'd like to get back in watching a game in a safe manner but i I don't think it's going to happen this before the end of this year personally and i think it will be behind closed doors and from there unless someone who pulls a vaccine out of somewhere (laughs)
4: <laughs> out of anywhere in particular. Um, Joe, where can we find you on Twitter and Instagram? And and uh, do go out of your way to follow Joe and his excellent dancing with his wife, which is um, well worth watching. Where can we find you?
5: I'm just at Joe Fairs on Twitter and Instagram.
4: Um, you can find me at Benjamin Bloom. I'm doing, on my YouTube channel, I'd normally be at 10,000 games, um, especially at this point of the season. I um, uh, accelerate the amount of games I'm going to, but I'm just videos on the news at the moment so um go and hit subscribe over there obviously if you're here um subscribe to the blue monday youtube channel um we've got the blue monday uh, it's blue monday pod team on instagram and you you'll be able to pick up all of our hosts and contributors on there um joe final word
5: um Hopefully everyone's out there staying safe and doing what they can, applying the common sense as asked for by the government at these tough times.
4: <laughs> these have to be these tough times. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, give us your feedback, what you might want to see or hear um, in this barren football times. And we will be back when something of note happens. So I cannot. <laughs> that's about as open-ended and vague as we get. So um, say goodbye, Joe. See you later. Bye, everyone.